Welcome to Licensed Psychologist, Now What? A podcast about the journey psychologists and psychotherapists go through as they reclaim their intuition and unleash their healing gifts while maneuvering getting licensed, life, and making a living. And although this podcast host and many of the guests are mental health professionals, the information provided is not meant to be a substitute for being diagnosed and treated by a licensed mental health, medical, and related professionals, or for supervision and or consultation purposes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Licensed Psychologist Now What? This is your host, Dr. Liliana Garcia. And today I am going to be talking about the part four of becoming a psychologist. And in this episode, it will be more about after I left agency work, which it was in 2018. Well, yeah, 2018. So about three years ago and that journey that happened after that and all the way to now and all the way to the future. Alrighty. So let's start with that journey. So in the last episode, I talked about I went, you know, I got my degree. Let me just do a super short summary. I got my degree, PhD in counseling psychology, completed my pre-doc, completed my post-doc, and then had a little time in between that I went to Puerto Rico, moved back, and then worked in an agency that, for the most part, it had a lot of great things. And at the same time, I knew that was not what I wanted to like develop in my future, my profession. I never aspired to be a director of a program or something. So then I moved to doing more of what I wanted. When she was supervising, solely supervising at the Chicago school. And for the most part, I love that job. And at the same time, it was not enough pay to, you know, be enough for me or my family. And My prior practice at the same time, I was having it, building it slowly. And around spring 2018, I was getting a lot of referrals for psychological evaluations for immigration purposes to the point that they were getting in the way of my part-time at the, you know, working with the Chicago school. And I left, I took that leap of faith. I left in the summer. So I could finish the internship there and don't let all the interns, you know, like there's no more supervisor. So it was really hard because during those months I was working so much. Sometimes I was driving like around two hours to go to Adelanto, California, to go to the detention center to meet with the date with the detainees and do the psychological evaluation for immigration purposes to help them with their asylum cases. Yeah. And all of that. And then driving back two hours, two hours and a half back. And sometimes when I would get to the detention center, I think every time I went, there was more time that I had to wait. Sometimes they would say, we don't know how long you have to wait. And sometimes I would wait like an hour, an hour and a half. And it was like too much. So I, when I left and I went full time, then it was so interesting because as soon as I started then in my office, like full time, they they were not sending any more of those <laughs> referrals for those evaluations. And at that moment, as a full practice, kind of like self-employed, that was like, <gasps> what did I do? What did I do? I took this leap of faith of going full on my own. And at the same time, 
I'm not getting that referral. And that was a big chunk of, I would say like 50% of the income that was coming to my practice. I was also taking clients for medical because when I went like in my prior practice, it's a way of getting clients. And I kind of missed my clients from the agency. And to be honest, I also felt that I did not have what it take or enough. Like I felt like imposter syndrome of charging and doing all these things. And in a way I felt like by working with the medical clients, then they didn't have to pay anything. And I felt like back to what it felt comfortable. And at the same time, I was offering the same kind of good quality work that I was doing. And sometimes I would get no shows and then they would pay for the misappointment with no excuse. And that started to build resentment because when I'm here getting paid like 50% less of my full fee, and then if the person wouldn't come, I wouldn't get paid that day. You know, there was that building resentment. And some of the cases that I was getting were needing more of my time after sessions. Some of them were teenagers and their parents needed to speak with me here and there. There were situations and I like offering that, but that was also unpaid. So then I was like, this is not sustainable for me and my family. I'm not necessarily in a season of like overflow of financials and abundance that I can then provide. And I know some people might hear this and be like, you can do that even if you're not there yet. And I get that, but it was starting to get in the middle of my health as well, because then I was not having those options to provide those spaces for someone that could pay full fee. And then, yeah, there was that building, like it was not reciprocal. So then I decided also to kind of like go and, and let go of medical, which was another process. I believe I let it go 2019. So I still stayed with it, but it was, I had to give them like three months in advance or six months right now. I can't remember, but there was that. The other thing that happened was that I, one of the clients that was bringing a lot of the income had a personal situation and couldn't continue. So then I was not getting the referrals from the detention center. I was then that client had that personal situation and my income got reduced like more than 50%. And my office (laughs) was the same fee, right? I cannot go like, hey, I'm getting less income. Let me reduce my monthly payment rent. So that started to get in the way because now I was building a little bit of debt and the income expenses were not, you know, I was not, the expenses were more. So for a business owner, that was also really hard because I've always felt, and I'm I'm saying it past and I still have feel pieces of that, of being an imposter in terms of business because I don't come from an entrepreneur family. I don't have that. And that was so scary because then, you know, I have a family. And around that time, I got pregnant again and I knew I was going to take some maternity leave. So there was going to be a lapse that I was not going to be able to do one-on-ones or do any kind of work. And this time I was not going to take a maternity leave within an agency that I was getting somewhat paid for that leave. Now I had to like plan for it, but I couldn't that much plan for it because a lot of the things that were bringing lots of the income, they were no longer present. So it was a lot. From a business perspective, I felt the contraction. I felt like at the beginning when I opened that private practice, that office, when I took that lease in 2018, it was like an expansion. 
Like I was getting too many referrals. So I got psych assistant and all that. And then very fast within a year, then I felt an immense contraction. Something else that was happening around that time was that I was also building resentment for all the activities and events that I was doing unpaid. I work with a public relations relationship. I, I don't know how to go, yeah, PR to help me build the brand and all that. And as a business owner, it was not the most savvy decision again, because my income at that time was much less, but I had this hope, like if I got that, I got more visibility. I did more stuff that I was going to, you know, the income was going to start increasing. Well, that was not happening. And within two, three months, a lot of more stuff was happening in terms of, you know, clients that were quote unquote graduating or not continuing. I was getting sick and getting a lot of colds because of the overworking. I was finding myself going to do free workshops and participating in panels and in events, sometimes in the evening, sometimes on Saturday, some on Sunday to get my work out there. But those, most of them, I would say all of them, <laughs> a lot of what I did was unpaid. Like 90% of the ones that I did was unpaid. And I know it was part of the process to get me get known in the community because I did not grow up in Los Angeles. I did not go to school here. So I don't, I'm building my friends, my colleagues and all that. So people don't necessarily know me that well here. And at the same time, that was building the resentment because here I was sacrificing time with my family. My oldest was like, at that time, I only had one child. He was struggling with it. He's like, mommy, you're not here. I was like sometimes working at night because those events I was going in person, but they were at night. So that was impacting the dinner routine and the sleeping routine that I was usually part of it with reading books and connecting with my son. And then Saturdays was also like a family day. And I was going sometimes even traveling like an hour in traffic. And then being in those events for like two, three hours and coming back. So like missing like four or five hours on a Saturday. And my son again, like mommy's not here on Saturday. She's doing something and I'm with daddy. And then it was also adding stressors on my husband as, you know, he works full time. And then on Saturdays he was taking, you know, he was being a dad and, and then I would come and I would also come tired. So then sometimes he would give me more time. But then it was now like eating time from his own self-care and his own time as well. So, and I was not getting paid for all of this. Let's put that in perspective. And we were having some, you know, I was paying for gas, clothing, all these things. I was, besides building the resentment, besides feeling like, what am I doing? Is this the way? Like, how much longer can I go like this? Like sacrificing all this time. And, and over giving and people were like, this is so helpful, but there was no reciprocity until one day I was like, I kept hearing the word rest. You need to rest. You need to rest. Around that time, my dog also died suddenly. And I think that helped me a lot when Coco died, when she died with me, it was the summer of 2019. I was like, I can't keep going this way. I also had a very kind of eye-opening because in my family, like I mentioned, like I have a very <laughs> comprehensive family history. Part of it includes cancer, breast cancer. And I was doing some tests and there was something that came up. And I mean, thank God it came as not cancerous, but 
there was that little scare as well. And around that time that my dog died, that little scare, I was like, if you keep going this route, you can bring that more because resentment, anger, stress, and all those things produce inflammation in the body. Inflammation can, you know, all these other things. And I decided you need to stop and I'm going to stop. But that also meant that I was going to let some people down. Like the person that I had, the contract, the PR contract was also, we were building a relationship as a friendship and I let her down. And that was really hard because as a people pleasing, letting people down, it's like, oh, it's so hard, but I had to own my truth. And, and yes, and that was really hard. And I feel like it still is hard to even share this with you, but when you hear that intuition telling you something and you do it, even though it was hard at the same time, it was so freeing because then I was like, wow, if I let, you know, if I was able to do this and go through it and yes, there were some disappointment, you know, the relationship kind of like got rocky and all that. And the person was hurt and understandable. And I impacted all of that. And at the same time, I listened to me. So I felt that sense of freedom, that sense of like, I'm not going to do this again. I left an agency work and I brought with me the same motives of operating the business. I was still operating from a go, go, go overwork and all these things. And now I did not have any supervisor, but I had that internalized supervisor in me. And I was like, this is ridiculous. You left that because of that. And you ended up burning out yourself even in a shorter time. That does not make sense. So at that point, I was like, there has to be something else. I let go everything and I literally did not, I think I took a break from the, you know, Beyond Resilience Life podcast. I mean, I was still seeing my clients, but I let them know about that I was ending medical. I did not take anything. If somebody would call me, I'm like, I'm not available. And it took me like about a month of that kind of dark like fertile void stage of not knowing what will be my next chapter, but trusting that something will come. And lo and behold, <laughs> I got pregnant. So then that also prompted me to go even deeper. I feel like my kids have helped me, which it sucks to think that way, but it's, you know, it's the other side. My kids have helped me to put things in perspective and to be like, what do I need? Like, what is my priority and what do I want? And that really helped me to get from all this craziness over here to kind of get more laser focus of what do I need to do to bring sustainable money that it is enough at the moment. I'm not necessarily in a stage of expansion. I just need enough that we can feel sustained and we build a respectful, reciprocal relationship of my time and what I do and what I give. And at the same time, then later on, maybe I can start opening. And then the pandemic, you know, and then my mom developed an illness and I went and helped and it was a very severe and, and serious one and, and she's overall okay, but that was really scary. And then the pandemic hit. So I feel like all those things continue to tell me like there has to be another way. I also joined a program with Kate Northrop and her program at that moment, it was called Incubator, Origin Incubator right now, her company, it's, it's uh, rebranded into their origin company and it was like a mastermind and I joined like around October November because I saw her speak and she talked about kind of like I felt like she was in my head like she was running business that way in a very kind of masculine way 
and how to start changing business from more of a of a feminine and more of a cyclical and all of that. So I joined that program and that was helpful. The pandemic happened and that impacted the experience as well. But in general, overall, I felt like during those 10 months, me being exposed to that message, that there's a different way, that there's more of a feminine way and all that really helped. And then everything else happened in terms of all the racial uprising that has always been there, but you know, now it's in our face. And, and then it was like, wow, there's so much more that I'm working through that I'm learning about and how to run my business, not only from a different way, more sustainable and all that, but also like taking in consideration and not continuing doing sketchy marketing. Cause a lot of things that I learned for marketing online business kind of works, but it, it's, it's very manipulative. And I was like, whoa, I'm learning this and I was applying all that. And that doesn't go with me. That was like, oh, but that's, they're the ones that know, right? So I should just do what somebody else has been doing that. And, and it's making lots of money that way. So there's been a lot of unpacking this years. And something that I would say that has worked for me in terms of what change, besides letting go of all those things that I mentioned, I would kind of like have here like a little list and I'll share with you on what change. And number one, reinventing ways to operate my business in a more sustainable and regenerative way. One, boundaries. I, this is still an area of growth. I'm not on the other side and what is the other side anyways, but I'm not there yet. I'm in the journey, which I'll be until I die. So this is what I've learned. And everything is a work in progress, right? So some of the boundaries that I created is with emails. I don't respond to emails like in off hours, meaning evening, Saturdays, Sundays. And I created now like um, I'm still kind of figuring out if people are receiving it, but I have an automated reply that has this policy of all of this. But I don't respond to emails in the evenings, Pacific time or in the weekends or the days that I don't work. Mondays, I'm just with my youngest child. So I, it's really hard for me to work. If I work, it's more when my husband gets here. Whenever I've tried to work while taking care of kids has been crazy, I end up feeling the worst. Of course, I've done it here and there, you know, especially if I'm in the middle of a launch or something. But for the most part, I have that policy with emails. Also, no more free events. And of course, that's like 90% of truth and there'll be still be some cases here and there if I feel like they're heartfelt aligned and all that but I stopped doing free events and workshops free speaking engagements and stuff like that because I'm not there this is not my season and accepting that this is not my season of life I have two little kids in a pandemic I'm so happy that my oldest was in transitional kindergarten instead of kindergarten last year this year he's in kindergarten but yeah, so I was like a new kid in school, a newborn. <sighs> My business suffered because of financial hit because of the times that I was not seeing clients when I took maternity leave for two months and a half. So all those things. Now I have again a babysitter and, you know, all that. So I'm not in a season of giving a lot of my time or given a lot of free things because when I do that, I am suffering. It's not coming from an overflow or a cup that has enough liquid. It's coming from an almost empty cup. 
And I am learning that whenever I do that, because I still here and there do that, it has to be match. I have to really feel it because otherwise I keep building resentment. And then who's eating that resentment? It's me and anger and all that. It's not helpful. So that's another one that I'm creating. The other one is limiting sliding scales. Yes, some of my clients that I had had situations because of the pandemic. And I, and to be honest, it's almost like 50% of my caseload is in a, some kind of sliding scale, which eventually what I would like to do is more like a 30% or something like that, not necessarily a 50. And at the same time, you know, listening and that's it. There's no more sliding scale slots available right now because of that. And until it gets more to a 30, 70. And the other thing is the hours of operation, family schedule. So interesting because I'm, I'm recording this. I am still have a container right now, a mentorship program. And initially when I created that in February, 2021, when I was creating the whole program, I was like Saturdays because, and, and kind of like evenings, like around five or six, some of the other calls, but it was when my baby was still a newborn. And in a way that was kind of like Saturdays was okay. And five to six was fine because of the sleeping routine was a little different. And then summer came, now she's one. And the sleeping routine is different. And Saturdays, again, I kept hearing my oldest and my husband now was taking care of two kids. It was so much. So I did ask the participants and a lot of them were fine. The majority were fine with changing it from, and I was not seeing anyways, I created them to be more accessible and still I was not getting, I sometimes I was getting more people joining the live call on the weekday than on Saturday. Because a lot of us, even though that is a free day, we are doing so much of online work that Saturdays is like, we need a free day. So then I shifted it to the week. And now as I'm creating the new coaching program, I'm also even changing the times to be a little bit early when I do still have childcare, because what happens is I was making these calls after the childcare leaves and my babysitter cannot stay longer. And that was also something really hard because I'm managing hearing kids running and screaming and all that. And I feel like it takes me a little bit away from here, from being with the, with the participants. So like, I'm always, you know, not always, but I'm constantly in this exploration, what is working for my family schedule? What can I do? You know, and down the road, I'm going to have probably like, you know, sport practices and stuff because my son says that he wants to be an athlete and participates in the Olympics and all that. So that might change again. And that's okay. It's, I'm building a business that also satisfies my family needs. And for the longest, I remember how I was raised was much more about responsibility and all these kind of things. And we forget I am, we're a family and it's a business that I'm building. So if I'm building it, I can build it that it goes accordingly to my needs as well, not only about everyone else's needs. So that in itself, that shift has been really like good for me because um, it, it feels like it, it's also like regenerative to me. It's like feeding me back to what I need and it's more sustainable. <laughs> so the other thing is simplifying processes. This is also something a work in progress. Before recording this podcast today, I was in a call with my podcast producer talking about simplifying more as I'm opening now the space to interview other people. So 
simplifying the processes and automatizations and stuff like that for people to schedule when they're going to be guests and emails that go out with the information that they need to fill and all that and making it as simple as possible. That's why I also use like systems that are like comprehensive and average, you know, have a lot of those systems within like Kajabi. It is expensive, but it helps me with my situations. Like I have most of all my business tools within it. And now even this podcast is within Kajabi, which is awesome. The other system that I use is Calendly. And that's the one that I upgraded so I can automize, you know, sending emails, sending reminders and getting all those informations instead of having my podcast producer have to like, you know, go on email and create an email and all that. And the other system that I'm using that I'm recording this podcast is Quadcast. And I'm also like upgraded so I can record videos so I can add it to YouTube. So those are some of the processes and systems that I've created. I mean, in terms of clients for the prior practice, I kind of mentioned that I created that automatic reply that has the policy, the times of operation, what to expect, the link to schedule. I also let go of the schedule. I was holding on people texting me or calling me me to schedule the appointments. I let go of that. They all have the, I mean, my older, in terms of age, clients, then I do it for them because that's easy. It's okay, like one or two. But everyone else just has to link. They can check my schedule and they self-schedule. At the beginning, that was hard for me to let go of that. It's been a year and it's been amazing. And I love it because I don't have to be in the system. Simple practice is the one that I use for that. Sends them um, reminders via text or via email about it. And I have them so they can get the reminder. 48 hours prior and they have the policy that I have is if you cancel within 24 hours, less than 24 hours, then you pay for the session. So that way they have like about three days before the appointment to kind of like, you know, remember in case they schedule like something in three weeks and now they got a text. Oh my God, it's in three weeks. Wait, I have something. So that way they can tell me. Interestingly enough, I have very few clients that then you know, contact me that they need to cancel. And they can also cancel within the system, which is awesome. And they can reschedule there. So that piece has been really good as well. The other thing is getting help, assistance. And and that's the piece that right now I feel like I'm, I have a podcast producer and her name is Rosanna and she's amazing. And she's the one that takes this episode. After I record it, I put it on a Google Drive. That's my part, you know, recording it and, and, and putting it in a Google Drive. And then from there, I send it to the editor. Her name is Susanna, and she's amazing as well. And maybe I can add, you know, Susanna, if you can send me also your contact information. If you are looking for more business, I can put it here in the show notes as well. But I have Susanna, and she lives in Colombia, and she's the editor for this podcast. And then I have Rosanna Garcia, Stella. She is, I mean, Stella Garcia, I think. (laughs) She is the podcast producer and also a friend. And I can also, Rosanna, if you can add over here in the show notes as well, your contacts. So if people are looking for podcast producer, they can get your contact information. And then I also have an amazing graphic designer. Her name is Ana Marie and she lives in the Philippines. And also we can put over here in the show notes, Ana Marie contact. And I think she was really busy this month, but, (laughs) but you can contact all of them and, you know, like transparent here about the help that I currently have. I'm definitely looking for more help. I am in the process of thinking what will be the position and all that and the timing, but I am definitely needing someone that helps more with community management part, like with some of the emails and some of like 
there's any situation with payment plans and engage the new groups and the current ones and all those things and kind of like keep me, um, you know, like kind of like assistant to me, like if I'm missing something and like those extra pair of eyes to look at things. Because sometimes I'm not the best at details and some of the details may be seen, you know, things kind of like just lie by. So that's something else that I'm considering and also trying to figure out the process for calling back potential clients because I've tried different things and they haven't worked. And yeah, I that's something else that i probably going to need to get more help down the future. And some people will be like, well, that's a lot of extra money and all that expenses. And there is. And I bet that if I would be doing it all, you know, the expenses will be less. But I can't. I Unless it may no use, I can't. I am not taking that choice. I, I am really prioritizing my mental health and my time and my season of life with two little kids. So I'm not going to be editing podcast episodes. I am, for the most part, I'm not going to be doing graphic design, even though I enjoy it and I have Canva Pro and sometimes I have to do some because if I need them right away or any changes and I'm at ease in the Philippines, so the time, you know, change and all that. So I, I can do it. I can also post podcasts. You know, I know how to upload and all those kind of things. And I think that's important that you at least have an idea of the things because if you need to down the road, well, if one of your assistants or help kind of doesn't continue working with you to know that could be part of the fear of hiring help. Sometimes like now I'm depending on them. And for someone that comes with trauma and have learned to self-rely, it's so important. Depending on someone else can be scary. So I hear you. And at the same time, I am willing to take that risk so I can really expand and really work more from my magic, which is sharing this information and creating workshops and stuff, like connecting with people more so than doing all those little detailed things that some people love it. And that's what is amazing about this world. That there's people that really love doing different things. So finding someone that that's their expertise, that's what they love. So that way you can do what you love and nuances, obviously about that, that not taking advantage and all that. The other thing is not following every idea or impulse. <laughs> I've operated from that in the past and it has led me nowhere. And I'm that for human design. I'm a generator. I get lots of ideas all the time. Ooh, this sounds great. And I can go in my mind. Ooh, this sounds great. And, and it reminds me when I used to choreograph dancers, dance performances and stuff. Like you get the image in your head and you're like, the people are going to do here. And then with this music, change I'm going to do that so I'm in a way like I'm a stage manager and I get lots of ideas and I can go really fast in developing the idea and it's like okay now how do I put that idea that it's here in my head into fruition and that part takes a lot of work so I am not following which has been so freaking hard <laughs> for those that know me for those that are like wow Lydiana did another podcast and then I do that Believe me, I am functioning for like 25% of the ideas that I get. And it's hard because I feel that push, that impulse and that sense of urgency that sometimes is, you know, it's being fueled by, by fear, by uncertainty, by previous traumas, by fear of not having enough money and all that. Yes. And sometimes it is also being fueled by intuition and ideas. So now I'm able to be like, oh, I don't have to follow through it all the ideas right now. So I write them. I have notes that sometimes I'm out and about with my family. I get this idea and I'm the type of person that if, and maybe I can work through this, but 
for now, if I don't write it down, then it goes away. So I write it down, the idea. And I know some people have heard that sometimes when they get a lot of ideas, it establishes boundaries, which I, that's something to look forward to down the road of being telling that idea. Okay, right now I can't pay attention to you and this sounds really cool, but can you come back? Like if you really want to come and manifest via me, please come back again later on. That sounds great. I'm not there yet, but that's something to look forward to. And the other thing is connecting to my inner calling. Really going back to, not necessarily, I mean, I've done like vision boards and all those kind of things of manifesting, you know, the basic stuff. And it's not necessarily that. It's more about what soothes my heart. What gives me that sense of being alive? Like, whoa, I want to do this now. What makes my heart explode? What are those moments that when I'm doing and I'm doing my magic and my medicine, I get teary-eyed and goosebumps from the work and really focusing and expanding that and going with it, which in a way, this podcast came that way. I had a podcast and I'm like, I have this podcast. Why are you getting this idea of a new one? Like, no. And I thought of putting this episode within the other one. I'm like, but it's a complete different audience. I mean, somewhat. This one is way more for healers, psychologists, psychotherapists, right? And I know a lot of healers, psychotherapists, and psychologists couldn't, can listen to the Beyond Resilience Live because it's more about general, but that one was more for the general population, and this one is more niche. So like, and I kept hearing that idea. I kept meditating on it and be like, that sounds like a lot until like I let it marinate and let it kind of like be a little more still before doing it. I'm trying to tap to the more stillness energy of those ideas and things that want to come through me. Something else that I think really helps with that is connecting with the soul of my business. This one, I will give it to Nisha Mutli. Nisha introduced me to this concept back in October 2020 when I was part of Kate's origin incubator and in, in, in the retreat that Nisha was of the guest speakers and she got us, facilitated a workshop about the soul of our business and facilitated meditation on that. And that was very eye-opening for me. I noticed how I was like, I had all this internalized oppression, colonizer, you know, like the supremacy, all these things that I was trying to make this newer version, the Beyond Resilience Life business, kind of like produce money right now, ATM. <laughs> and it was like a new baby. So like connecting to that and seeing my business like its own entity, that it's coming through me. It's connecting through my soul, through me to come into fruition. It's like ideas that are out there in the world, in the ether, and are coming into fruition via people. So like really respecting that, that is a co-creation, collaboration. And changing that, I'm still a work in progress, but changing that has been so significant. I feel like I've been able to get out of my mind, like what sounds good? what I can do and what I can bring me money versus what am I here to do and how can I show that and present that out there and what will be reciprocal in terms of, of money for me as an exchange of the time and the energy. I can say so much about that and I might have, you know, hopefully I can interview Nisha down the road to speak a little bit about this because I think this is definitely her expertise and she also has a course on it as well. The other thing has been connecting with my spiritual beliefs, especially during this crazy time. And part of my spiritual beliefs are 
have been more of um internal. I was raised, as you heard, Catholic. I don't consider myself Catholic or even Christian. And connecting to that spirituality is connecting to that sense of God, the creation. Lately has been a lot about nature and nature and animals and all that. A lot of birds have been like spirit animals or connecting to me. Like I'm seeing a lot of birds or seeing a lot of activities of birds around me and paying attention to the stillness of it, um, nature, flower, plants. And sometimes I use some oracle cards when I want to like get some guidance. I am more of a Palo Santo than sage or, but like really exploring what are the roots in terms of the Taino, the indigenous communities that were in Puerto Rico when the Spaniards came and then brought African. So connecting to that and really slowing down with that. Sometimes I put music that helps me to connect to that sense of spirituality, sense of what I believe. You know, I believe in reincarnation and in my soul and what is the purpose of this life in particular, learning about it, asking for guidance, asking for teachers. And when I get teachers really tuning in, because I have gotten teachers or people that are experts in something that I'm interested in, that I feel that is not a good match energetically, because there's a lot of people that are self-proclaimed spiritual teachers and stuff like that, that (sighs) they might not be doing that. They might be a fake and all that. So I really want to connect with kind of connecting back to me. So sometimes it's just quietness and just sitting. But for the most part, it is connecting via nature, walking and seeing nature and all that. That's been my way going back with him. But that's been so, so helpful. And as you've even noticed, as I'm talking about this, about connecting to my inner calling, the soul of the business and spirituality, I'm even feeling way more grounded. I feel my body heavier. The energy feels more settled. My fit feel in the ground and all that. So that's part of that. Also like embodying it and being aware of my body, being aware of, do I feel here? Do I feel like that? Do I feel like with energy rising? Do I feel nervous? Do I feel anxious? What do I sense in my body as a compass as well? Returning to dreaming of what if, what if I do what I came here to do? What if things can go well? What if humans, you know, wake up to the hurt that they're doing to nature, to others, and work back into more of a collaborative? What if, like really going back to that optimistic view that got me here and believe me I did study a lot of psychodynamic theories and I've heard a lot of deep hard traumas that could have got me into a very much of pessimistic outlook of life and something that has helped me hold me tight here is that connection to spirituality the belief that I do believe that human beings are inherently good that things happen to them and that kind of like makes their thoughts cloudy or gets in the way because they're hurt. But I do believe that if we take that hurt away, what you will find inside is inherently good. And that's something that I feel comfortable saying and owning it. And lastly, has been joining communities of entrepreneurs and masterminds that are alike. I'm a student of life right now. I'm in one. I'm in Nietzsche's Moodley's the Devotional Leadership Council, which is a group of 11 
and with her is 12 of us that are getting together in circle and connecting and she's guiding us, but she's also part of it. And we're also teaching each other and helping each other. So doing all those things have been really helpful in this journey of changing the course of the pattern that I was going, the path that I was going, that was not helping me. And like I said, it's still a work in progress. I'm not where, I don't want to say like, I'm not there yet because I am here and this is good enough. And at the same time, I'm still working and I'm still be aware of things that I want to continue to change to make my business and my life be more sustainable and regenerative. So that's my message for you. That's my hope for you. I hope this episode in this series got you thinking into where are you in your journey and what do you want to do and how can you change systems and doing things to help you and your family at your current season of life to take into consideration seasons of life and cyclical living and how can you live accordingly so you can be well as well. That's my hope and that's the whole intention behind doing this four-part episodes. And for the podcast itself, because as I'm bringing the guests is to bring again the same questions. So that's about it of my journey of becoming a psychologist, becoming a healer, coming back to me. As I'm ending this, I want to remind you of the current offering that I have in terms of which I changed the name from mental health practitioner. And I mean, it's now mental health practitioner coaching program because it's more of a coaching than a mentorship. I'm really coaching and and the guest speakers is really coaching those that are called for this offering to go back to them, like jumpstart the journey of becoming the psychotherapist, psychologist, healer that they're meant to be in a way that it's authentic to their calling and that it's sustainable and regenerative. Part of it will include virtual, because of COVID, (laughs) retreats about Heal the Healer to really kind of start teasing out what is getting in the way of you tapping with your calling, with your authenticity, and what you came here to do. And then in the next months, which is going to be approximately four of diving deeper, there's going to be some lessons that are going to be pre-recorded that you can look at more about the tools, but the calls are going to be like coaching calls to really bring situations, ask questions, get mentored and coached by me and by the participants in it to help you jumpstart that journey. What that means is either you can create a plan for you to create your new offering, you can launch your plan through it, or you can really get clear and start, you know, working towards problem solving and strategizing it. So that is the idea for that offering. Right now I'm opening the slots for application and the discovery call, which is part of how to get the participants in. So if you're interested, follow the link here. And if you know someone that could benefit, I would greatly appreciate that you send it to them. The same goes with the podcast. This is my call, my ask, not my call, which is hard as a woman of color asking for help. But I really am asking for your help. If you find that this podcast so far has been helpful, then share it with someone else. This is the way that by, you know, sharing it and liking, subscribing and rating and writing that feedback, it's going to help to bring more visibility so more people can see it. So that humbly I'm asking 
for that help. That will be for you, for the listener that is still listening here to share it and all that. And lastly, I know I keep saying that, but really lastly, if you are interested to sharing your story, please send me an email. I am gathering guests and I am starting to interview some for the podcast. This is not about me. This is about all of us, the collective healing. So I look forward to hearing from you. And until then, take good care and know that wherever you are is where you're meant to be and that you can always change the path. Bye. Thanks for listening. Licensed Psychologist Now What? To make sure you don't miss any episode, make sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast player and to join our email list via our website. Lastly, I will appreciate if you would rate and review our podcast to help us reach more folks that can benefit from the information provided here. Until next time, bye-bye.